Peace, family, and thank you for tuning in to Understanding the Nursing Game podcast. Many people are looking for financial help while in college. I would love to present the Thelma Lee McKenzie Nursing Scholarship. It was designed for nursing students at the University of South Alabama. You must have a 3.0 GPA and have graduated from a high school within Washington or Clark County in the state of Alabama. If anybody have any more questions about this scholarship, please call Rebecca Baker at 251-341-3721. This is uh, Barry Coleman on another episode of Understanding the Nursing Game. Today, we will be talking about how to be successful in grad school. I'm going to be honest with you. This is a more of an episode for me. I struggled my first episode, and I mean, my first semester in uh, school, and boy, 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 I, I learned some valuable uh, lessons. So, I know I'm not the only one that... Uh, I graduated back in 2013, and I decided to go back to school after a couple of years, well, eight years of being out and just trying to make some money. And now I'm I'm trying to trying to build my life, go to the next level, and um I, I need some some words of encouragement. With that being said, I, I would like to introduce our panel. We have uh, Dr. Davis, Dr. Butler. And we got uh Dr. Jones. Whenever she uh log in, I, I I see her. She just she just clicked in. So uh, how everybody doing? Great, great, great. All right, all right. So we're gonna start with the quote of the day, and then we're gonna gravitate towards the uh, topic. Quote of the day is by Miss uh, Maya Angelou. When you know better, you do better. She might have she might have been quoted there, but that sounds like something that the old folks say. Back in the day, when you know better, you do better. They might not have a PhD education, but it just common sense. I tell you, when you can, when you know better, you're supposed to do better. So since I know better, and I I got some friends in, in high places, they gonna teach me better. So I'm gonna start off with me. All right, this semester right here, I'm gonna be honest with y'all. Some folks I wanted to go back to school with the help of Dr. Hall, I was able to get in, and um. I just wanted to get in so that I could become an online professor, something that I think a couple of y'all um, doing. I was looking at it for the financial gain. I, I never did think about, hey, I actually got to put in some work. I'm used to work like a Hebrew slave, as they say, 60, 70, almost eight hours a week. You know that ain't, that that is not feasible while being in school. So, of course, Brother Coleman, he struggled since I got all these doctors. On this Zoom call with me, I know y'all gonna give me some words of wisdom and, and put the healing hands on me. So that uh, the next semester, this summer, this next semester is gonna be a lot better. Go ahead, young ladies. Uh, and another thing I want y'all to speak upon is uh, having a support system. Now, you know, people like to say, uh, I guess uh, 
a while back, you know, Drake came out with the song, uh, No Friends and all that kind of stuff. People like to say they did it by themselves. I'm not that foolish. I want I want a support system. So um, yeah, tell me the importance of a support system and how can I attain a support system? So go y'all go ahead and really really cool. The first thing, Barry, is that you realize that you are having a hard time being successful in your coursework because of your work schedule. So that's the first thing that's going to kind of get you to your end goal is to kind of see what you need to adjust in your life, um, work life, you know, extracurricular life in order to be successful. So that's step one right there that you realize that you need to make some changes. And so um, having the support system is very important. And I can kind of let some of the other ladies speak on that a little bit, but if you want to go ahead, Dr. Butler, and speak on support system. But I just appreciate the fact that you already realized that you need to make some changes in order to be successful. So that's step one. Definitely. I agree. And a lot of people do feel like they can do it on their own. But when you look at it at the end of the day, there are a ton of people that are in your corner that you can go to, even if as far as the people at your job, you know, maybe they'll take that extra shift for you so you can be at home and write that paper or do clinical hours or whatever it is that you have to do. A lot of times you can, I tell my students, especially in the summer semester when they have to do their clinical hours, if they can get with their employer and maybe stick to a weekend schedule for the summer or take some PTO time. And you don't think of that as support, but it's your administrators and your colleagues supporting you in that way. And then family support is huge. I remember when I got my um, master's degree, maybe, I was able to order a separate certificate for my parents that said, in support of, and I gave that to them because there was absolutely no way I could have gotten through graduate school without them. I have children, if you have family, they're part of the support system because they're giving up a lot of things so that you can do what you need to do to be successful. Grandparents watching the kids, running people here and there, you know, you have to miss out on a lot of things that you would have been able to do, like going to your kids' events, hanging out with friends, but those friends don't just drop you because of that. They're supportive. They understand, like, all right, Barry, we got you. On graduation day, let me know. We're going to get back together. I mean, me and Dr. Davis have done that <laughs> when I got my last degree. She was like, let me know when you're finished because we're going out to eat. I mean, support comes in all different forms of fashion. Right, exactly. Okay. Go ahead, Dr. John. Dr. Davis, um, talking about making sure you have that work schedule, that's that balance. You got to have that balance. And she hit it right on the head when she was discussing with work and everything else outside of school. And with Dr. Butler, she's talking, you're going to sacrifice your time. It is a big sacrifice. But the biggest thing about graduate school for me, this was my personal struggle, was taking responsibility that... I was the one that entered this grad school experience and this is on me, you know, now I have to take responsibility and say, I've got to assert myself and nobody's making me do this. It's not the teacher's fault that I've got this assignment due. You signed up for this and you've got to see it through to completion. You also do need to get involved in whatever professional development they have with your school, with the study. So if they're doing conferences where you need to present, you should be presenting. You just need to embrace that because graduate school, sometimes you feel a little disconnected because everybody's virtual or online and you're this and there. However, there are 
professional development things and educational um, things that you should be participating in for your own career. And in grad school, that's where you're supposed to be developing all your you know, presenting seminars, lectures, whatever it is that your research is embodying. So don't forget to do that as well. And also, you know, you still got to do things outside of your grad school courses. You still got to look to, to publish in a journal. You still need to probably take a grant writing class on the side. This, it never stops. It never stops. And making that first step to enter grad school is, is challenging, but it's very rewarding at the end. Like Dr. Butler said, she had to give her parents a plaque. I, I give my parents all my money because they had my kids. Let me tell you, I, I know it was rough. My mom was like, another degree? Don't you have enough? You know, but it's you got to stay on your plan. You make yourself out of plan and try to stay on course. And remember, it's, it's not your professors. It, it's not them having something personal against you because you've got this assignment due at the end of the week if you weren't preparing yourself to have it done in a timely manner. But you do need to reach out because they are professionals. They also know you have an outside life and you have a work life. So, you know, it's a different type of professional relationship with your professor. So keep them keep them involved. If there's something that's gonna come up, things are gonna come up. You're an adult, you're a professional, things will come up, but just keep that open line of communication. And remember, this is a scholarly, this is a very scholarly degree <laughs> and you've got to be scholarly, <laughs> you know? So all of this was good advice. This helped me too, because Lord have mercy, I'm still in school again. I'm, I'm a career student. Okay. Career student. Okay. <laughs> Put a fork in me. I'm done. But, uh, I'm never going back. That was it. <laughs> I'm never going back. Never. That's it. They say never. Say never, but I'm saying never. Yes. Okay. But, Mary, I'd like to tag on to something that Dr. Jones mentioned. She talked about being getting connected and all that. Um, very important. You know, it's very hard in graduate school when you're virtual. She mentioned that virtual component. You're not sitting in a classroom with your classmates that you can have these conversations with and all that. So it's very important for you to get connected online. You know, you can um, a lot of um, programs, they students have their own Facebook groups that you can stay connected, you study on Facebook, or they have chat rooms um, inside of the learning management system. Um, just be connected with your classmates because, I mean, you need that camaraderie but just for the simple fact that you are kind of isolated at home in that virtual environment and you're learning asynchronously, you're not online together. And it's easy to get really, really lost when you're learning in that type of environment. So getting connected virtually you know, it's going to be very helpful to you as well. I'm glad you said that because um, I'm just in case y'all didn't know, I'm from Jackson, Alabama. We have a traditional way of learning. And um, man, learning online, it don't even seem like I'm, I'm really in school. Exactly. Because I'm not, I'm not taking time out to drive the class. And that's so, one uh, thing you have to do. You have to, when you're virtual learning, you have to set a schedule. You have got to set a schedule to get your assignments done. And, you know, I've mentioned before that when I was in graduate school, I would do something every day, whether it was read a chapter, read an article, write a paragraph. I did something every day because it's easy for you to say, oh, I'll do that later. Oh, I'll do that tomorrow. 
and then that tomorrow's here and then the next day's here and then that assignment is here and you don't have it done and you're not prepared for that exam. So you have to set some dedicated time every single day or every other day or however you want to do that um, so that you can be successful. You're right about that because uh, I'm going to go ahead and spill the beans on myself. Lord have mercy. I used to look at the assignment and on um, Canvas. That's what it is. Not Canvas. Canvas. You look on now. And they got like the week, the weekly uh, activities or uh, assignments. Lord have mercy. If I ain't seen nothing on that, I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> I'm not doing nothing. And then if I got something to do on Thursday at midnight, where well, out here is like 10 59, uh, 9 59, um, guess what? Brother Coleman ain't gonna start the Thursday. And boy, I was sweating plenty of bullets. I was like the cartoon character with the sweat popping up in my face. And everything, boy, it was uh, it was uh, devastating. So, uh, with that being said, um, would, do you think most professors are open to like looking at the this, uh, at the assignment? If a student wanted to turn it in, say five days before, hey, I got my assignment due. Uh, that due coming up this week. Uh, I pretty much got it done. Would you like to look over it? Uh, what's the mind frame of an instructor? If they have a student that's willing to um, have an assignment do turn in assignment days before, and just to just to look at oh, do are they open to that? Okay, I was actually gonna try to segue us into the instructor's perception and what I've actually created a little document called Dr. Butler's Tips for Success that I put in all of my graduate courses so that my students <laughs> when we send it, I'll send it to you. <laughs> Please do. Please do. Everybody. <laughs> Barry, just text me uh, Dr. Jones' email and yours, and then I'll send it to both of y'all. Look, he's got his phone out right now. <laughs> yeah, he's like, hold on, let me type this up real quick. <laughs> real quick. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, as an instructor, because I've been teaching graduate school for whew, 11 years now, and the doctoral program for the last seven years. So over that time, I've seen a lot of things that I've started to figure out ways to combat to help my students to be more successful. And I'll tell you, and I'll talk about what you asked about with the submitting assignments early in just a second, but my number one key is to get organized. Dr. Davis mentioned that a minute ago. I literally, in our first day of orientation every semester, I tell my students, I'm gonna show you, I have one myself. Get a paper calendar. We all love putting our calendar in our iPhone and all that, and that's great. But what do you see on there? A dot. And then you got to click on that date, and then you see all the stuff that comes under it, right or wrong. <laughs> really? Really? Saying, oh, my God. And then, and then Dr. Butler, I start playing the game. I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. playing this game. <laughs> and I'm looking at like, man, that's a lot of dots on there. Let me look at something else. Let me go on Google. Ooh, let's go look on Pinterest, everything but... <laughs> <laughs> what that dot says I need to be doing. So I always tell my students to get a paper calendar and you can just print mine off of the calendar page online. Just mm. calendars for the each month for that semester. And you do it a semester at a time. And each class you need to get invest in colored pens. I'm gonna tell you that right now, colored pens will change your life. Now I have these friction pens, they are amazing. They're erasable. If you're like me and you're OCD, I don't like to scratch out stuff, but look, 
they erase and they fully mm -hmm. erase unlike those pens from the 80s that still left the underline of the print. My birthday's yeah. coming up, Dr. Butler. Huh? My birthday's coming up. I could Would use some pens. <laughs> really noted. <laughs> it's awesome, I'm telling you, I fell in love with them. But um, for each course, you use a different color ink. Okay, so for each class, you have a different color ink. I use black for the things that are like set in stone. Like for you guys, it might be your work schedule. Um, if you have any meetings at work or anything that like doctor's appointments, you might use a different color for those things. But things that you know aren't going to be changed that are part of your life outside of school, use black. And then use like your green or your purple, pink, whatever for your different classes. And before you do anything in the semester, you go and look at that syllabus, course schedule, because most of the time your faculty is going to list that whole schedule the first day of class. Like you at least mm. know what you're due. And you mm. spend, it might take you an hour, but that's an hour that's going to save you so much time on the back end. And you write every assignment down when it's due on that paper calendar. And I used to even keep my paper calendar in my bag that I carried back and forth to clinical, back and forth to wherever, instead of leaving it on my desk. Mm. If you don't want to carry it with you, take a picture of it and have it in your phone so you can be like, okay, what's coming up? And every single day you look at that calendar and that is your checklist because I'm going to tell you, it gets to be where you feel a little bit overwhelmed because you're like, oh my gosh, I, yeah. so do. I can't even get it all done. And that's why Dr. Jones and I start playing Candy Crush instead of looking at the calendar. <laughs> but if you have it on this piece of paper and I check them off as I do them, check that thread discussion is done. What's coming up next this week? like that as you go. And by the time you get through the semester, you'll see that everything's checked off. You didn't miss anything because as faculty, we don't like that you missed a deadline because you just didn't know. We take so much time to build these courses and to give you all the information that we can up front that your oversight of a deadline is really not something we're like, oh, well, okay. You know, that's just being honest. That's part of growing up. Now you're a graduate student, okay? You're already a nurse. You already have responsibilities and deadlines that you have to meet for work. So we expect a higher standard in graduate school. So keeping up with those dates is huge, huge, huge. Just take the time to write that out in the beginning. Work schedule. And then I even have my students, I've, I've encouraged them to take another color ink and write in study time. Like if you know you have an exam coming up on Friday, pencil in a couple hours to study throughout your calendar. Because if you don't, then you're going to say, oh, I got free time. I don't have anything to do today. But that test is still coming on Friday. It's like my kids in high school, I don't have any homework. I'm like, you have a test though, right? That means you have homework. You need to study. <laughs> and they just don't think of it like that. Now, um, Barry, you mentioned the assignments in advance. Now, as faculty, we don't pre-grade things usually. Yeah. Now, if you have a specific question about something, then by all means, submit your questions about a particular thing on the assignment. But if you do this, this is my second most important tip. Follow the rubric. Every assignment has a rubric. Look at Dr. Davis. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I have graded papers, discussions, other assignments, and I've just put you need to follow the rubric. If I give three points to this part of the rubric and this other piece is only worth one point, where do we need to focus more of our content? On the three points. So I, for example, 
Perfect example. I usually have my students present a little case study in the paper before they talk about whatever our issues we're discussing. Case study might be worth one point. So I'm asking for a paragraph that's maybe five sentences, just give a little brief case. Some of my students will write a page and a half on a case study on a three-page paper. And so they have this much content on the parts that's worth five points, 10 points. So they're not going to be successful on that paper because it doesn't match with what I'm asking you to do. So just keep it, like print those rubrics out before you even start writing the paper. Look at what it's asking you for. Jot some notes down for each piece of the rubric. So you can say, okay, this is what I'll talk about here. This is what I'll talk about here. And then just make sure the content matches the amount of points allocated for that section. I tell you, if you do that, you are like 10 steps ahead of the game. Because I so many times I'm like, I didn't even ask all of this. You didn't even address. And a lot of times we list like in this part of the paragraph, you need to talk about this, this, and this. If you don't talk about all of that, then you're not going to get all your points. Have you experienced that, Barry? Uh, yes, I have. I have made uh, horrible grades because I wasn't addressing the Rubik. Uh, Dr. Hall even told me, well, Barry, I think you should just follow the Rubik. And I call myself following the Rubik, but no, I wasn't to the same extent. So uh, I appreciate you uh, reiterating what I heard from her and uh, this coming this upcoming uh, semester. Now, Mr. Coleman, um, another thing is with most grad schools, the ones that I've um, had experience with, they do have a writing lab. And if you're writing, if you're grammar challenged, <laughs> this is what I tell my grad students who I am mentoring. Write your paper ahead of time. This, those type of assignments are not procrastination friendly. Yeah. A discussion mm -hmm. period, okay. But if it's a paper and you know you're not a Dr. Jones and, and just love to write and can just write APA and it's in my head, if you know that's your weakness, write your papers ahead of time and let somebody proofread it for you. Because here's the thing, even myself, this is what I do because I'm no better than the next person. But like Dr. Butler was giving you the tips, being organized, I write my paper and I let it sit. Because when you're reading your paper, your brain is saying the words that you think you're writing and it's not in there. Um. So you need to put that paper down. You need to come back to it. And then you're going to find your all of your own mistakes. You're like, I thought, and then, you know, say it out loud. You know, say it to yourself. Because your brain is, is, is so unique. I'm telling you, the brain is an amazing thing. Your brain will think something is there because you thought it, but it's not on that paper. And when Dr. Butler was talking about the rubric, print, I always print my rubric out and I do my check marks. I know I have hit every point on this rubric because if I don't get, if I'm missing points and I follow the rubric, now that's taking subjectivity out of the grading and my instructor has to say, well, I felt that your choice of words was this and that. Well, that's subjective. That's really not objective. Okay. And you can learn what they like quicker. So when you give them what they want and, they're, and you're still losing points, you can find out their writing style because most instructors have their own different writing style. But I like what she said. Uh, and I, I always tell before any of my grad students present a paper to me to look over, 
my men who I mentored, I tell them, I say, have you already proofread it with the APA? The APA book is going to be your best friend. They're like, I hate APA. Let me tell you something. You want to lose a lot of points unnecessarily, then you just forget about APA. That's how you're going to lose all your points. So you definitely, because you want to be scholarly and being scholarly is being able to present your work in whatever format that they're asking for. And typically it's APA for us. And so writing labs, or if you know someone else who will proofread and is good with that part. So that that is a, a good key to keep in mind. I'm glad you said that because uh, English is my second language. Ebonics is my first language. I was a uh, boy the first semester, but hey, everything didn't go together. <laughs> <laughs> and we're so, hoping you're taking that feedback from yourself and making improvements. I mean, because that's I'll, exactly what you need to do. Now, Dr. Davis, once I saw myself um circling the drain, so to speak, I was um I reached out to Dr. Thompson and she pretty much saved my bacon for this semester. So I said, uh, going into the summer semester, let's get a little bit more proactive. You know, I, I don't mind taking my, my Cadillac to the dealership to get some preventative maintenance done. So um, in order for me to go to that next level, I need to be a little bit more proactive. So um, I, I'm, I'm going to say this. Um, how important is it to have a, a, a support system before you get into uh, graduate school. I, I'm just being honest with you. I have, uh, I thought I had something in place to where, you know, they could uh, help me with my work, but midway in the semester, I found out, hey, it's not going to work out. So what do you, what's your thoughts about having the right support system while you're in graduate school? Because um, I, I was, I was teetering towards academic depth. When uh when it when it came to not having the right support system, so anybody would like to expand upon that. When you say support system, are you talking about somebody to help you with your schoolwork? Or are you talking about like the support we talked about earlier? Yeah, somebody to help with my schoolwork. My most of my points, and y'all said it earlier. Most of my points was deducted because I didn't know how to write APA, and the person that I was uh dependent upon had too many um, other obligations to help me out. And so um, due to me working a lot and having other stuff that I prioritized above schoolwork, which, uh, school which was dumb on my behalf, um, I did not really just dig into the APA book. So um, that's what I'm referring to, more of the academic um, help. So I would consider that person more of a mentor for your support system with your academic work. I mean, you know people in high places. Look at your panel. <laughs> That's right. That's I'm, right. I'm just saying, um, now, personally for me, and I can only speak for me when it comes to this, as a mentor helping somebody with their academics, I'm fine with looking at the paper and we would meet. You know, I like to meet with my person I'm mentoring to go over what I think needs to be done. But then my expectation is that it's going to be done the next time. So the problem comes in if you're not making the corrections or taking the time to go and do the things that they've suggested. And at that point, you kind of risk losing that mentor because it's almost like 
we're going to take the time and explain all this and we want you to actually go and implement the things that we're trying to go over. And APA is hard. I'm not going to lie. Like until you get it, it's like, what in the world? Because you didn't have to write in APA before you got to graduate school. I mean, a little bit in undergrad, but now everything is APA and it's so heavily weighted on all of your assignments because that's the scholarship Dr. Jones was talking about. So even if you had somebody that could just guide you with writing in APA format, and it doesn't have to be, you asked about having somebody before you get in. I don't think it's necessary to have somebody that can do that before you start because you don't know what you don't know until you start getting those papers back and you see what you don't know. So now is the perfect time to kind of seek out somebody that you know is pretty good at writing that has the time to help you, but also that you're willing to put in the time to do the things they're suggesting. And then it can't be last minute. I know you were talking about sometimes it's Thursday right before it's due. The person can't help with that kind of a schedule. So you've got to be in your mind. Like when you make that paper calendar, put the due date and then put your due date like five days before or something like that. So you have time to work with the mentor, send it to the writing lab, and then make the corrections and then submit. Um, because I'm going I'm to piggyback off of Dr. Butler my pet peeve is sending me a paper and you're telling me it's due the next day. I'm not even going to open it. Because look here, I look, I got a life too and these kids and everything else. So when she's giving you this five-day window, that she's, she's being nice. I need a little bit more than that, okay? Because it's just, it's so busy. And I know, and I know everybody is busy. And sometimes... Mr. Coleman, you you may not have a support system readily available, but mm -hmm. the Bible says be encouraged. That means you got to encourage yourself. You got to focus on your strengths, what was positive for you and how to make things better. And you need to actually applaud yourself for the small things that you're doing, for the everyday things, because everyday things build up to big things, you know? So- I don't really focus so much on outside support system, um, but I have it now. But when I first started, I didn't have that. Nobody in my family had a professional degree at the time. And so there was no precedence for me until I start reaching out. Like Dr. Butler was saying, you may not have that when you first start, but as you get become involved and your conferences and presentations and, you know, getting connected with Facebook, the groups, the closed groups, you begin to develop these other um, relationships that will help you. But you've got to encourage yourself. You've got to stay motivating yourself. It is a hard job. It's hard enough to motivate yourself. But if you have to depend on others to motivate you, they may not always do that. My, my mom could not understand why I was still in school. Why are you just not happy doing what you, you know? So when she come on you, she's like, hey, look, we're doing fine, right? <laughs> but so a lot of times you have to remind yourself why you're doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And you will find out you've got a lot more success than you realize. So you just got to stay encouraging yourself. Be encouraged, okay? Very good. Right, right. Yeah. I, I feel like those were great words of wisdom. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. When I went through the undergrad, I was so quiet and, and timid as a mouse. 
<laughs> I didn't really uh, reach out to people. So um, this time around, I'm trying a new approach. So that's the reason why I wanted to uh, have this uh, discussion on Memorial Day weekend. Hey, I'm gonna tell y'all the truth. When I pee, I peed this day, I ain't know the day was the uh, Friday before Memorial Day. That's how busy I be. And I ain't know when you get grown, you be you be so busy the way you got to schedule everything. Mm-hmm. So hey, I, I was like, man, this, I, this, I'm still learning, man. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm still young. I'm with 34 now, so I, hey, I'm old enough to know better. And, yeah, I'm still a baby. Hey, wait, hey, I, I look at it like this. I'm old enough to know better, but young enough to throw it away still. So uh I mean, I just uh I I look at this uh this is a learning lesson for me. And I know other people it's other people out there that's going through the same thing. I better yet, it's people coming behind me that's gonna listen in and be like, man, I can relate to that. So um I, I just hope that they um they could take something from this uh, episode. Uh, is there any closing words before we get ready to close out? I would say Grammarly can be your best friend. Grammarly and online, uh, those online, what is it? Um, the citation. Turn it in. Yeah, where he can submit his paper and it'll check it for him and make sure there's no plagiarism, the plagiarism checks. I did invest in those my first year of undergrad. I did. Okay, so you, are you no, saying do? Are you saying do it for every paper, or are you? I did. I did for every paper, and it 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 explained to to me. It gave me a printout of what I was doing wrong. And like Dr. Butler said, once I'm telling you what you're doing wrong, I expect you not to do that same mistake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. and for me, I had to learn it because I was paying for it. So I'm like, okay, I, I got to learn this so I can stop this account. So it really helped me. And I use the APA guide online because the, the book sometimes. Owl at Purdue is very good. Yep. The Owl, yeah. Owl O-W-L, at Purdue. It's a very good yeah. website. So just make that one of your favorites on your laptop. Yep. I still use it. I do too. <laughs> Grand papers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was going to okay. add one more thing too. Um, back on like when Dr. Jones was just talking again about doing what your instructor says to do after they grade your papers. Like even with your faculty sending back all the comments on your papers, go through each one of those comments and understand what they're telling you to do. If you don't understand what they mean, email them, ask for a meeting so they can explain to you. I've had meetings where I've sat with a student, we looked through their entire paper and talked about every single comment I put on there because if I'm going to take off more points on the next paper because you didn't make the corrections, but you didn't know what I meant, I don't know you don't know that. So make the, make time to sit down with your professor and go through each comment if there's something you don't understand. Um, another thing with APA, I made myself, when I was in school, made myself an APA cheat sheet. So I would have a template that showed, this is how you reference a book. And I would put an example, example of a book title, book article, I mean, a book chapter. And then I have one that has a journal article. I have one that has a website like that. And it's on a Word document. So anytime I have to do one of those, I just pull out my little template and I just fill it in with my new text. Okay, then. So um, if uh, anybody want to uh, get that uh, cheat sheet, you know, you can... Uh, you could uh, DM me on understanding the nursing game, and for ten dollars, you can uh, you can get that uh, that cheat okay. sheet. 
along along with the APA thing. So uh, y'all just uh, reach out and we can we can um we can help you make uh graduate school a lot easier for yourself. Cause I know I needed it before um before I got out of school. I mean I mean I mean when I started that first semester, I mean I was just a fish swimming blindly throughout the ocean. I ain't, I ain't know it was shorts out there. So um, I, I'm going to take in everything that y'all told me this uh this uh this session, and um I feel like we we should do this again because uh I'm going to uh need some more help. I'm I'm just here. I'm at this point and I'm at a very low point. So uh, once y'all be me up, you, you have to sacrifice too, Mr. Coleman. You know you you're in graduate school. It's it time consuming so you have to prioritize your schedule your day if that means you know drop one day of work if you can afford to do that you know you do that but you have got to spend time with these assignments and these papers and studying and preparing and, and it's a process and you have it's, this is not a sprint it's a marathon and you have to take time to and in, and in, invest time in yourself but also invest in time in these assignments and your goals um, to get you through these each semester. So each, you know, each assignment, each exam, each, you know, whatever. That's why I said, you know, I was very successful and everybody's different on how they do this, but that's why I always did something every day. I, I mean, I had to do something every day. I got you. I got you. Uh, I told you R and R too, because if you feel like it's all work and zero play, then you're going to just say, oh, I'm just going to take the day off. When really, you could have taken a couple hours off. Maybe the Friday after your test, you and some friends go out to dinner. And that's like, oh, you can look forward to that. Because, you know, next weekend, I get a little free time. So build that into your schedule, too. I mean, not every day now, but. <laughs> yeah. definitely, definitely reward yourself. Definitely reward yourself. You know, that, Dr. Jones mentioned that. Reward yourself for those small accomplishments. You know. Okay. But yes, that's very good. Okay, then. So I can uh what you're saying is I can go to the winery one, once or twice a month then. There you go. Okay. <laughs> and right. you box some up now, send the mobile. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you don't have to worry. And Dr. Jones, you just need to send me your address and tell me what you like. You know, <laughs> I, I I'll cover you too. Look, but, I um, like just like my daddy say, what you drink? Just, just, <laughs> just everything. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I already know it just me. <laughs> Good God. Well, um, I surely appreciate y'all uh take your time out of y'all schedule. Uh, I'm gonna get ready to um, wrap this up. Uh, for those that's listening in, um, I would like to tell them to uh share the episode and uh subscribe. Uh, we actually I'm I'm pleasantly surprised to know that we are real actually streaming in um different countries now internationally so um i mean it seems like people are gravitating towards it it's not a big audience you know like as if i'm a i'm a, a drake or somebody nothing like that but um for somebody to tune in and listen to my country behind on a weekly basis um i'm presently um surprised but uh, i just would like to tell everybody to share the episode and hey you've been locked into another episode of understanding the nursing game podcast